0: Hello and welcome to AFL Fantasy Experts weekly podcast talking fantasy ahead of round 13. I am Chris Slater here with George DeVracas. George, welcome to the show.
1: G'day, Chris. How are things with you, mate?
0: Going well, going well, except for the great rankings debate. You've pulled ahead 24-21. So well done, George. Uh, you had a few good picks on the weekend. Jed Anderson um, finally turned out for you, third time the charm.
1: Oh, mate, and I'm going with him again. I've been very stiff on Jed Anderson, but when you find a gold, when you find a, you know, a little nugget, you've got to stick with it. So wow. we'll see how we go this week, mate. We're pulling a, a great rankings debate first. Um, wow. So listeners, should listen me, uh, get excited for that one.
0: Can't wait for that. I've got no idea what's coming, so I will be. I'm looking forward to it. Now let's jump to the studs and the duds. So this week the studs for round twelve, the top performers relative to expectation. We start with Jack Bowles, and projected to be the forty seventh defender, was the number five defender with a season high one hundred and sixteen adjusted fantasy points, and it's been a great year in twenty twenty for Bowles. He's um, averaged 82 adjusted fantasy points per game. He only averaged 64 in 2018, 72 in 19. So he's just continually stepped it up. And we have a second son in the studs, Jack lacocious number 71 defender slash number 70 forward, um, It was his projection versus the number two defender and the number three forward last round. He did even better than Bowes with 134 adjusted fantasy points. And he's just been in great form the last four games. He's topped 90 adjusted fantasy points three times in 2020, all of which have come in the last four games. He's averaged 93 adjusted fantasy points in those four games versus 73 only in the first eight. So, he is really on an upward trajectory, George. They're going to be two pretty hot prospects. You think, given their form this year, Bowles, Lacocious, They're both young, um, upcoming players that are already already starting in a lot of teams. What do you think for 2021? Who would you draft now out of those two? They're both probably surefire starters next year. But who would you take higher if you were drafting and you had to pick one of those for 2021?
1: Well, mate, I've been following Lacocious, and we've been following Lacocious now for a couple of months. We actually spoke about him. Um, as a valued, you know, um, agency, wide pickup uh, in one of our earlier shows? And it's clear why he's coming. You know, he's coming on in leaps and bounds. Um, look, I'm not saying Bowers is not a fantastic player. He is developing into one. But I watched the game on the weekend, and it looked like Lucious was going to mark everything. It looked, you know, McGovern-esque. Um, obviously, that's a big call, and I'm not saying he's as good as McGovern. But he did have a fantastic game, and to your point, he's had a great four-week stretch. The other thing, so you know, for, in, in short, the answer is lococious for me, but the reason is why the, the reason why at least for this year that he adds a little bit of extra value and could easily keep this um, into 21 is the fact that he's a dual position back and forward player, which is, is huge, right? I mean we haven't the the depths in the backs and the forwards, admittedly more in the forwards this year, has been um, not not as strong as past seasons. So to have a player who's averaging over ninety adjusted that can be put in either position, especially during buy rounds. And you know, there's even talk about the footy frenzy continuing on into 2021. Um, I just think that kind of play adds a lot of value. So definitely pick up Lucacious, um, you know, kind of in the mid in the in the mid-rounds um, of the of the 2021 draft would be the suggestion.
0: Yeah, it's so valuable that defense forward's probably the most valuable combination and maybe also the ruck kind of combination with a forward or defense given. Um, you know, defender mids or forward mids, you want to always play them probably in the forward or, or defence position relative to the mids. But like you said, defender forward, it is just gold. So much flexibility there. So that is a big benefit of Lukosius. And there's probably only, you know, three or so fantasy relevant players that have that uh, defender forward status. Um, let's now jump to the third stud and it's the Bont. Marcus Bontempelli <laughs> projected to be the number 22 midfielder and he was actually the number one midfielder Highest score of any player this season 183 adjusted fantasy points against the Adelaide uh, Crows or Witches Hats, depending on what you want to call them. He's now topped 100 fantasy points, um, adjusted fantasy points in five of his last seven games. He only did that once in his first five games this year, so he has really improved in the last seven games. Um, Yeah, well, the Crows, easy opposition, they've given up the most fantasy points per game to midfielders this year. But, but this week he gets the Demons and and Melbourne's not a big step up um, for the Bont. They've given up the second most fantasy points per game for midfielders. So um, he could yep. have a game this week. George, what do you reckon? Are you a buy, a hold or a sell on the Bont for the rest of 2020? As in buy, you trade him in, sell, you try yep. to um, trade him out and get good value for him? Or, or if you own him or don't own him, just stay put and hold?
1: I think I'm in the hold category. And anyway, so the, the difficulty with the Western Bulldogs and selecting players and having them in your team is that their coach is extremely unpredictable. That's just a fact. So Dunkley, for whatever reason, has been playing either as a bloody Ruckman or up forward and has not been scoring anywhere near his potential because Bevo decided that, you know what, let's you know, move Magnus around. And I think that at some point, maybe this is Bevo's way in 2021 of trying to, I guess, rest or, or, or provide a different look to, to some of the players instead of actually having big wholesale changes week to week. But at some point, I think the bond will end up playing more forward. So I think there's a little bit of risk around his scores. Um, I think the second thing is he's kind of gotten off the chain a little bit, which means Eventually, I think that the, the Bond will start to be tagged rather than a McRae or a Dunkley, especially if he keeps up this form, which again provides a bit of risk. But on the other side, you know, why would you get off a, you know, a horse that's winning? You're not going to do that. So if you, if you own Bond, you're going to continue playing him and continue hoping that he keeps killing it. Um, if you were to sell him to try, and get, to try and trade in a player, then who's it for? Um, the only kind of trade depending on how your team is going, that makes sense to me, is this. Let's say that you are currently the number one uh, you know, player in your league and you're definitely going to win. Uh, not win is the whole thing, but you're definitely going to win the minor premiership Court, You're going to finish on top of the ladder. There's nothing else for you before finals. Maybe you trade the bond for someone like a Trelaw, right? If you think Trelaw is coming in in round 17, which looks you know, relatively likely, and, you know, you are able to kind of withstand the, the loss of the bond. So the next player that you're bringing in in the interim isn't a huge step off um, because you might have to play without him for one week in the finals. That to me might make sense because you say, well, you know what, Trelaw is a massive step up on an average points, from an average points perspective. Maybe I can lock in someone that upon his return to gamble because you have to hope that Treloar stays fit, but will definitely increase the average points points. Uh, Scored for your team, assuming fitness. That's kind of the only trade that I think shows upside for you know, for you. Otherwise, I don't really know who you're trading want for. That that I would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, for, for those reasons, I think mate, he's a he's a hold.
0: Yeah, like you said, um, George, even if you were to trade him, it's probably hard to get value. He's had one really good game, but you're probably not going to get a Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver, someone like that for the Bond after just one game. So um, you're probably trading for someone that's uh, maybe a touch below. Um, the final stud is Oscar McInerney, projected to be the number 24 Ruckman, and he was actually the number seven Ruckman. And he's really been a revelation since coming in for Steph Martin. Um, He's averaged 97 adjusted fantasy points per game over the last three games. And he's pretty much been the lone ruckman up there for the Lions. He's had very little chop out. Um, Matt Eagles comes in for maybe a couple of centre bounces a game um, while while McInerney just takes the Lions. He was actually in 83% of the Lions centre bounce attempts last week. Um, let's now go to the duds so these are the bottom performers in round 12 relative to expectations and we start off with a pair of giants so Nick Haynes was projected to be the number 16 defender and he was the number 128 defender with a season low 31 adjusted fantasy points and it was a frustrating performance for owners um, but he's been consistently pretty good in 2020 his top 98 adjusted fantasy points in seven of the 11 games. So um, maybe don't overreact too much on Haynes just yet. Um, And then the second dud is Tim Taranto, projected to be the number 12 midfielder. He was actually the number 58 midfielder last week with 78 adjusted fantasy points. Um, The Giants just looked completely out of sorts against the Swans. Um, But um, Taranto had had been pretty good before that. Um, In his first Four games um, back this year. He'd averaged 109 adjusted fantasy points per game, so it was a big drop-off last week. Um, But he still had pretty good midfield minutes last week, so you'd think that potentially that was just a one-off bad display. But um, George, interesting to get your views on Haynes and Taranto. Who do you have more confidence in in bouncing back? I mean, they both were pretty good before last week, shockers last week, and um going forward. I mean they could both bounce back, but who who do you have a bit more confidence in for the rest of 2020? I've got more confidence in Haynes
1: because Taranto's also come back from an injury this year. So he hasn't exactly had much of a preseason if if any, really. Um, so I don't know if this is actually a sign of, of Taranto just getting a bit tired, um, or if he's carrying some niggle. The other thing is who knows what Leon Cameron let Leon Cameron does in terms of the midfield composition. To your point, he's been getting a fair bit of midfield time, but Callan Ward is one that's been you know, an ex-skipper, supposedly tough as nails, albeit he, he did flop for that free kick. Um, so who knows if he, if he you know, moves around the magnets and actually tries to get a bit of a different look on the inside because bit, they, were, they were killed by the Swans in clearances and, and on ball. So um, I, I think for those reasons, mate, Nick Haynes has been steady as she goes for quite a long period of time. If anything, if the Giants don't pick it up, the ball will spend more time in the back line than, than less. So I probably have a little bit more confidence in Haynes to rebound to kind of the scores that we're used to seeing him produce than I do with Toronto.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's right, George. And those uh, good defenders are pretty few and far between versus midfielders. There seems to be quite a lot of great midfielders out there this year. Um, The third uh, dud this week, Michael Walters, projected to be the number four forward. He just had a shocker. He was the number 108 forward in his first match back from injury. He had a season-low 46 adjusted fantasy points, by far his worst game of 2020. So he had played eight other games in 2020, and his lowest score in those eight games was 86 adjusted fantasy points. So the big difference for Walters was last week in his first game back, he played exclusively as a forward with no midfield time. Um, I mean, George, you surely have to expect that Walters will start getting back to his normal midfield usage and, and bounce back in the next few games.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, Sarong didn't do very much in the midfield on the weekend. and Some of these younger bodies aren't doing much. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Fife Mundy and, and Walters, you know, some of the older heads, as we get... Further into the season, and we're pretty far in now. Spending more and more time on ball, because um, you know, I mean, it's I would be shocked if the Dockers did play finals, but I mean, they've got sixteen points on the board with a game in hand, and there are teams as we as we've mentioned, uh, like the Giants, who are currently sitting just outside the top eight, um, even Collingwood, that haven't been you know all that flash hot. That if things go of Luray, um, I mean, you could easily see, you know, a couple of, of the current top eight teams, or you know, one or two of them dropping out. So, I guess what I'm saying is, it's not all over for Frio yet this season. And to maximise their chances, I think you've just got to go at some point. We can't be playing Sorong you know, on ball for eighty percent of the game. You can't be doing that. We've got to be putting in our our A grade team and, and seeing how we go.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a couple spots there in the eight that are up for grabs. Um, seems like the, the last two spots, but just get the feeling that uh, Jack Noon's kick after the siren on the weekend just made just made it a little bit more difficult for the Dockers. There's still a slim chance, but that would have been a super handy four points. That would have been well and truly in the mix with that. Now they need just about everything to go right to to push for finals. Um, the last, uh, Rhys Stanley projected to be the number ten ruckman was the number seventeen ruckman, and he's actually. He's a bit of an enigma for fantasy owners. At his best, he's a top five to seven potential ruck option. He he scored 104 adjusted points against Hawthorne in round two. He just played like a superstar in that game. He's come back from injury and he's been a little bit underwhelming since then. Um, solid but not spectacular with a 77 adjusted fantasy points per game average across those three games. And last week he had his worst game in that stretch with only 69 Adjusted fantasy points, but on the positive side for Stanley owners, he is the dominant ruckman there at the Cats, which is good to have as your ruckman. He took part in 77% of the Cats centre bounce attempts, so that is the one positive of Stanley, even though he hasn't been able to have that huge breakout game since he has been back from injury. Okay, George, let's now jump over to the injury news and Really, the big ones that everyone will be looking at this week is does Max scorn make it back um, is the big question in the ruck. Um, Tim English is also a possibility to miss with injury in the ruck. Um, and the other big news was today a couple of Port Adelaide players suspended Peter Laddams for three games and Dan Houston for two games for breaching the COVID rules, um, so they're probably the main uh, injury uh, injury significant news to follow this week. Um, and oh,
1: and um, the other the other one, mate, is um, there's probably three others actually just to come to mind. One is Sicily out for the season. Oh, yeah. um, the other one is Omira broken hand, so he's out for this week uh, potentially too. Uh, so the Hawks have a, have a big hit there, and then the one that's just crossed my uh, crossed my desk mate is Selwood apparently has a mysterious niggle. So Chris Scott didn't really go into the details about that at all, but you know may miss, whereas he's confirmed that Dalhouse and Stephen will play. So that's that's just kind of the the, the latest uh, news. Oh, 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 oh.
0: Breaking news there from Georgia. Yeah, the other one that we missed was Elliot Yo, um, late withdrawal just before last week. He'll he'll probably miss two to three weeks. Um, it's a groin injury, it's maybe a bit of osteitis pubis. So fingers crossed, um Yo is back soon. And and for the Eagles, I guess, push towards the top four in the finals. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of players coming back this week. So players like Toby Green, Basha Hooley, and Jason Johannesson, that should be slotting straight back into a lot of starting lineups and maybe even Brad Ebert also. Okay, George, let's um, now just quickly touch on the AFL.com.au fantasy. uh, Dual position players were added this week. Really, the main significant one is Dane Zorko from mid to mid-forward status was probably the biggest one. There are a few other ones that... Might be have a, a little bit of fantasy rele, um, relevant um, ramifications like Oscar Allen is now a forward ruck. Um, you've also got um, Isaac Smith is a mid-forward. So he is um, injured at the moment. Could be back this week, but that could be a relevant one um, if he does end up being a forward. Um, probably has a bit more value there than as a midfielder. Um, but, uh, George, what do you think? Now, Dane Zorko as a forward... Should surely put him into that top five, maybe even top three forwards in the league, given he's been in red-hot form over the last five games. He's averaged 123 adjusted fantasy oh,
1: in that range. For sure, mate. I think, I think there's a clear top four for me. You know, And not necessarily in order, but you've got Sybottom, Petrarca, Whitfield, and Zorko. That's probably your top
0: four now. And maybe Dusty there as five is close, depending on uh, on if he's
1: Dusty you get, but yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I, I think you've got right. Zorko could be top two or three of those. For sure, could easily be that.
1: But think, you know, that's that's a huge change.
0: Yeah. Now let's finish up, George, with the great rankings debate. You've taken the lead. Um, Well done. You have snuck ahead. But as you know, I've been the comeback kid this year. So I'm going to do it again. Let's start this week. Let's start off with the captain. So this is where George disagrees with the rankings on AFLfantasyexpert.com.au that we put up um, in the weekly rankings, one in each position where he completely disagrees and challenges them. George, what are you saying as your captain this week?
1: So, Caniglia was all talk last week, wasn't he, mate? Talking about how it was pathetic and not good enough at the half. And then did nothing you know, when, when the uh, Giants came back out against the Swan. So, this week, they're playing the Eagles at Optus Stadium. And it's going to be the last uh, Eagles game there for, for a while before they go into the, the Queensland hub. So, I'm expecting the Eagles to absolutely pump them. And I don't think Caniglia is going to do much at all. So, now, don't fall off your chair. I've been talking about this guy... For weeks on weeks. And I think this is the one, this week is the one that I really need to go hard. So I am going for Anderson, who averaged, uh, he's averaged 119 adjusted points across the past five rounds. He comes up against the Pies this week that, yes, have Pendlebury and Sidebottom in, but as we know, have heaps and heaps of issues. And I think that he um, will score very well again and will actually outscore Caniglo this week.
0: Wow, that is a huge call, George. I mean, it's Anderson's really been in good form lately. I mean, over the course of the year, though, they've both averaged um, 101 and 102 adjusted fantasy points per game. So they're pretty even over the course of the year. But I feel like Anderson's got a lot more volatility in his game. He's had two huge games. Um, but when you take out those two huge games, one was just last week, so that, that is good form. But his average drops from 102 to 89 when you take out his two best games in terms of adjusted fantasy points. On the other hand, Caniglio, very consistent, not much between his best and his worst. And he's averaged 101 normally, and when you take out his two best games, it's only drops to 99 adjusted fantasy points. So I think Cogs is the safer bet. Maybe Anderson's got the highest ceiling, but um sorry the higher floor uh ceiling sorry but the higher floor belongs to coniglio over to the awesome. backs george
1: I, I cannot wait to see what the eagles do um on in their la- in their last game before they spit the dummy probably in their hub but yes to the backs who would have thought that blitz arves would be a 90 point defender i mean i think i i I'm stuttering and, and struggling to get it out just saying that he's a 90-plus fantasy player. But that's what he's become over the past five weeks as he's spent more and more time on the ruck. On the other hand, Hartlett's been absolutely junk. He's only averaged 71.5 points across the last five weeks and he's coming off 46 adjusted points last week when Hawkins and Geelong just went absolutely crazy against Port. So this one's going to be closer than the averages over the last five weeks suggest for sure. Um, so I am backing Port to bounce back very hard against the, against the Hawks on the weekend. And as I mentioned before, the Hawks aren't going to have Sicily or O'Meara. So this could be a big, big win for Port Adelaide and they could be controlling the ball um, throughout. So it will be close, but I'm going for Blitzavs this week to outscore Hartlett.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident with this one, George. I'm, I think Hartlett bounces back. He, terrible matchup last week. The Cats... Worst possible matchup for fantasy defenders. They've given up the fewest fantasy points per game to defenders um, by a long, long way. So Hartlett was always going to be the type of defender that struggles against the Cats. Going up against the Hawks this week, they've given up the second most fantasy points per game to defenders. So huge swing, I think, in matchup there from Hartlett alone. On the other hand, Blitzar's pretty similar to Anderson. A bit deceiving, the scores, when you take out his two best games in 2020, um, which he's had over the last four weeks. Um, but you take those out, his average just drops to 66 adjusted fantasy points per game, um, while Hartlett's hit that number, eight out of 12 games. So given the easy matchup, I think Hartlet hits 66 at least, if not kind of, you know, becomes a, a mid-70s um, defender. While, I, I don't know, I think Sabs will revert back to kind of being that in that 60s um, bracket for defenders. But who knows? Maybe he keeps it up and proves me wrong. Let's now jump over to the mids, George.
1: So, man, I did mention on on the top that this is a fantasy first. I'm going all in. I want Anderson v. Canigla that battle to count for two this week. So I'm taking him again in the mids. So Anderson, for some reason, is stuck down at spot 34 despite being among the top five averaging midfielders across the past five weeks. I don't get it. The Pies were very poor against the D's. Oliver Brayshaw, Langdon and Petrarca all ran an absolute mark. And all right, even as a Pies fan, I am expecting some kind of fight back against, against the Ruse, and I'm expecting them to, to get over the line. But that being said, it's not, an, it's not a very difficult uh, opponent these days for their for, for midfielders. So I think Anderson will do very well. And as I mentioned, mate, for some reason, Kanigoi is still in spot ten. And for this week, um, when the Giants will be playing the Eagles at the Eagles' home, I just, I just can't see it. So I'm going all in on this one, Anderson to outscore Kanigoi. Wow,
0: big call, cool, George. We'll, we'll wait and see. But Anderson, you've done him three times so far before this week for one point. So we'll see if two more times. It hasn't cost me yet. Maybe we'll give you but, one. There was a, there was yeah. a. Well,
1: talk about skewing the averages. Seb Ross gets out with Gastro when he scores and, and Anderson gets 150 adjusted highest for the round. And that's only one point. But anyway, moving to the forwards. So Gunston's been in a, in, in a bit better form recently. Um, that's true. But I just don't see him hitting the scoreboard that heavily against the Port side. I mean, it's kind of a common theme. I really think the Hawks are going to struggle this week without Cicely and O'Meara. And I don't see Gunston getting on the scoreboard all that heavily. Um, on the other side... Keyes continues to get midfield minutes. He scored pretty well on the weekend. I think he scored 75 unadjusted points, um, so a raw score. And I think that he'll get at least 75 adjusted this week. So I think that's going to be enough to Pip Gunson, that, as I mentioned, uh, will struggle, in my opinion, to, 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 to get many possessions or, or get on the scoreboard
0: yeah keys has been you know match up aside if it was to take it i I think keys have been a bit better than gunston this year i agree with you there george 77 adjusted fantasy points per game versus 71 for gunston um but it all comes down to match up and we spoke about hartlett earlier he struggled last week against the cats that was in defense cats are fantastic against midfielders and forwards also You, you basically if you've got any players that have got Geelong coming up in the finals, I would try and trade them out because the Cats just suck the life out of their opponents and, and that's going to really impact Keys. I think, this week. They've given up the fewest fantasy points per game to forwards this year and the second fewest to midfielders. So when you're a mid-forward like Keyes, probably more in the mid, I think Geelong, um, it's just such a tough matchup. They love keeping the ball. They love keeping possession. They dominate the possession count. um, And that just means that it becomes really hard to score against them. So I think Keyes has one of his worst games of the season this week, even though I think over the course of the season, I agree with you, George, he is a better player than uh, Gunston. Let's now finish up with the Rucks. This is
1: another one, kind of the Blitzars category, where I'm going with form. So, as, as you mentioned earlier, over the past three weeks, McInerney has really made the ruck positions at the Lions his own, averaging 97 adjusted points. And over the same period, Soldo, on the other hand, for, for the Tigers, has only averaged 61. There's a big gap there, and I just cannot see this week on form how Soldo bridges that gap. So, I'm picking McInerney over Soldo.
0: Yeah, the big O. Like it is incredible how well he has done in the ruck over the last three weeks. Who would have picked it? Um, brave fantasy owner, if you uh, picked up McInerney three weeks ago, but he's had he's had the opportunity, so definitely give him that. Um, I do think he's. You could definitely do worse options than McInerney as a second ruck if you're starting two rucks in your draft league. Um, but Soldo has the matchup of the round. For any position. And one of those um, you know, teams that McInerney fed um, off a few weeks ago was the Bombers. Essen have just been terrible in the ruck all year. They've given up the most points to Ruckman in 2020 from a fantasy perspective. So I think Soldo, um, if he's ever going to light it up, it's this week. And you've got Nen Curvis, I've seen, is kind of knocking on the door. Probably won't come in this week, but for next week. So I just think Soldo's motivated. If he doesn't play well this week, Easy matchup. He might lose his spot to Nan Kerbis next week, who's pretty much knocking on the door to, to selection after coming back from injury. So um, expect um, this to probably be Solo's last chance to put his case forward to stay in that best 22. And with such an easy matchup, I think he will fully capitalise. Okay, George, well, that is it for the Talking Fantasy podcast this week ahead of round 13. Thank you for your time.
1: Thanks, mate. And let's see how we go this week in the great rankings debate. Another 4-1 result would be fantastic.
0: Exactly my way. I completely agree. Well, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Good luck with your fantasy teams, and we will speak to you ahead of round 14.